This is exactly right. Gals, non-binary pals, welcome to a mini-sode of bananas. Hello, Scotty. Hey, Curdy B. What's up, man? Uh, not much. What is up? What is up? Are you uh, watching The Patient on FX and I Hulu? I am watching The Patient I on love FX. that show. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's surprising uh, that it is still keeping my interest, you know, yes. because of the fact of the if, of its constraints. In, yes, is in time and space. I agree. It makes me happy though. I like when things that should be getting made get made. I like when movies do well that they're like, "Wow, a comedy made a hundred million dollars." You're like, "Well, it should." Oh, I have yeah. a funny story for you. Oh, okay. When when I'm bored and home alone, don't have work to do, I watch scary movies. I watch horror movies. I, I have Shutter. I have everything. And so yesterday, it, Barbarians. Uh, came up on screen. I was like, I'm going to buy it right now. So I buy this movie. I turn it on. I start watching. And it's a thriller. And I'm watching. And I'm watching. And I'm like, I know Kurt's going to be in this at some point. And then I don't recognize anybody in it. And then the movie doesn't do... Everybody had told me that Barbarian is about like an Airbnb or something. And I'm like, this isn't about that at all. But it kind of is. And then 30 minutes in, I just pause it and realize that there is a movie called Barbarians with an S. (laughs) That came out last year, and I downloaded the wrong movie, waiting for something cool to happen, waiting to see Zach Krieger, waiting to see you, waiting to see anything scary, and the movie I watched, not very good, so Bananimals, if you want to support Kurt and see him in a a surprising hit horror movie called Barbarian Singular... Wait till it's streaming, because it's not now, and somebody got $14.99 out of this old dog... $14.99 Fourteen ninety nine for, barbar- for barbarians. Well, that's why I thought it was your is movie. It a it's a it is like a dark, scary movie. From I did turn it off because I wasn't really enjoying it. But it opens with a guy jogging, and there's like a dead fox, and then the dead fox like kind of comes back to life and yips at him, and snaps at him, and then he goes back home from the jog, and the fox is somehow in his kitchen and dying there. And so I'm like, okay, they're setting a weird tone here. I know uh-huh. Kurt's mo- movie shot in Bulgaria or wherever. And I was like, okay, this is very European feeling. <laughs> it's just not very good. <laughs> so anyways, now I'll just double down and buy Barbarian when it's on. Yeah, baby. Um, I'm excited that my special is out in, in the world. Oh, speaking of movie, TV shows yeah. people should watch. Yeah. Dude, Res Dogs. I just oh, yeah, finished that show's the second amazing. season. And it's Reservation Dogs. It is so good. And it is like, it's, I can't, I can't get over how much I love it. I think it's my favorite comedy of, and because it's like, it's half dramatic, but also it's in that, it's same, awesome. that FX comedy way. You yeah, know, they're awesome. A, it's just so good. And the, and the ending of the second season is beautiful. And I was crying my eyes out. And so good. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that. It's uh, it's rare. Well, FX makes the best shows. That's what we're ultimately saying. Those guys. Yeah. I don't. I don't even like pitching there anymore because I'm like, Maybe this either. isn't good enough for you guys. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> I know it. 
Everybody I knows look what's at all going your on. Great shows on the wall while I talk to you about it. Yeah, much more original, higher concepts, smarter <laughs> shows with better cast. I'm over here. It's like it's the Ham family. It's a legacy of making ham, and then bears on the wall, and patients on the wall. I'm like, it, it, it's thick through thick and thin. They slice ham together, and you're like, oh god, why this is going so terribly. Then it really also, starts like, to spiral. Think, but also think about like the bear. The bear is like what uh, pitching that show. I yeah. Like it's like it's all tone. Do you know what I mean? People like, have pitched that show a hundred times before. People have pitched that show. Yeah. Uh, br- like uh, somebody dies and somebody inherits a restaurant. They have to run the restaurant. Yep. That's like that's been done billions, one billion times. Yeah. And it's, I don't understand how you pitch it and just be like, well, it's tone, though. It's, the tone is different. It's, I'm sure it's, it's the creator ridiculous. has enough cred where they go, all right, this right. person knows what they're doing. Oh, exactly. I have one interesting thing. This is a good thing to say on the minisodes to really test who pays to listen to <laughs> Wondery Plus. Um, a friend of mine, Lee, was like, hey, there's this bar in Los Angeles that they're going to sell the building. So it's only going to be around for maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe a year. Do you want to take it over for three months, six months or a year as a theme? And I said, I want to open a bar called the North Pole in Los Angeles. That is Christmas theme year round till it closes. So I don't have the yes yet. He's going to look at it, but already has the beer and wine. But anyways, so there, I would say right now there's a 50-50 chance I'll be opening a bar in L.A. sometime in the next few months. Complete Christmas year-round, like over the top, called the North Pole. And I'll bartend as much as I can just so we make a buttload of money and you can come do a comedy show there if you want or whatever. You you can show your special there. People can do birthdays there. and uh, Oh, my God. I would totally do a premiere party there. Yeah, so I'll let you know, and I'll let all the bananas know, and if anybody's coming to L.A., I'll make it very clear on the main pod if it goes through, but it just is one of those things where the owners love my friend who already has a bar in a different property they own. They're like, we're going to put this thing on the market at some point, but in the meantime, if we want to make some money and you guys want to make some money, do you want to do a pop-up bar? And I'm like, yes, dude, yes, I dude, do. It's such a great idea. Wouldn't that so be the stupid. best? Yeah, it's so dumb. Okay. That's well, amazing. let's... That's uh, I, that's my I confession. I will come by as Santa Claus, like every, every bartender night. Santa, come in and just hang out. Um, okay, so we do your stories, your confessions. The prompt from two weeks ago was social media mistakes or blaming others. Very oh, fun. I, sorry, I, I do have an idea for your bar. Oh, please! Is if you can have a velvet roped area that doesn't go like there's a velvet rope to like a hallway that's just like whatever it's employees or it's like a uh-huh. toilet or whatever mm-hmm. once a day someone as santa comes in great and, idea. And no one's allowed to look at him or talk to him and then a, like a security group walks with him just to that velvet area and like goes in but everyone's like don't talk to him great Santa's idea. coming through and that just happens and then that's it and then they like leave out the great bar. idea that's a yeah. great idea and so it's a celebrity at that bar. And social media moment, which is what we're all about on Bananas. <laughs> Speaking of social media moments, uh, yeah, our confessions were blaming others or social media mistakes. Here's a quickie to get us started. I once responded to a free pearl necklace ad on Craigslist. It wasn't until years later oh, no. I realized what it meant. <laughs> You're absolved. Be careful out there, especially on Craigslist. My God. <laughs> I, I mean, like, responded, like, yes, how much is it? 
Why, yes, I would enjoy. And I'm paying you for this? Okay. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, Google it, but make sure there are no children around. Okay, this one I think is a Kurt Brownoller fastball. Okay. When I was 17, I had my very first dramatic breakup and had to tell all my social media friends about it. So I posted, quote, Adam and I are borking up. Borkin. It haunts me every year when it comes up on my Facebook memories. <laughs> We're borking up. <laughs> Why is that so good? I, I, I screenshotted that one so fast. Like, hey, guys, I'm having a really rough week. Kurt and I are... We borked up, and uh, oh my god, I would. I almost, I almost vomited. That was so funny. Oh man, I, we're borked up. Yes, that god, is, is right up my alley. That borking so up, right up my alley. You had the also, knack. Oh, borking up, because also the O and the R are so far away from each other. Um, <laughs> they're so far away from each other. Yes, E is far away from O. Nothing's near O, and bork is not a word. So yes, it's not an autocorrect. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. And it's like sh- this is a young person. Oh, broken. It's broken. Say broken, not breaking up. No, okay. broken. Borken, yeah, they wanted broken. breaking oh, up. They said borken. So the O and the R got swapped. Oh, but all. it's like you're when you're young and you're trying to get a little mm-hmm. sympathy from your extended friend community yeah. online, and then you just blow it so hard. But good on that bananimal for not deleting it and leaving it up there. Hank, <laughs> oh, Adam and I are borking up. <laughs> Here's another one. One time I screenshotted this guy's messages who specifically said he hated screenshotting and I sent them back to him. That's fine. You yeah. put it right back in his face. There you go. No problem. This must have been on Snapchat, I'm assuming. I guess so. Disappear. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. Thank God I'm not on that. Oof. There was a brief time where Comedy Central paid us to have Snapchat, a company, a house party. And because um, we had to like every week when the new episodes would come out, we'd have to share stuff. And then as soon as that was done, I was like, what am I doing? This is just troublemaking 101. <laughs> um, let's see. There's a couple really fun ones in here. Oh, there's a good revenge one. Okay, let me okay. find this one. Okay. I don't know if this counts as a personal social media mistake, but several years ago, I found out my long-distance ex-boyfriend was cheating on me through his partner's Instagram and blog that he shared on his main socials rather than his other accounts. I didn't wait, wait, meet... Wait. Okay, 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 hold on. I found out long-distance ex-boyfriend was cheating on me through his other partner's Instagram and blog. That he shared on his main socials rather than his other accounts. So this, what I'm guessing, yes, okay. I think I, I think so I understand. Secret. He had a secret. Yes. Instagram account. Yes. That was for his other life in whatever city he lived. Yes, in. that's what I'm thinking. For her. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't immediately confront him because he'd already bought plane tickets to meet me in Asheville. I told him no worries about renting a car because I would come pick him up because I was going to arrive there the night before. Instead, I let him fly several thousand miles while I drove down to (laughs) Disney World. I let him call me for several hours after he landed before I finally answered. He was furious and asked where the fuck I was and that I needed to come pick him up. I said, "Why why don't you ask Ashley to come pick you up? That is not her real name. 
He tried to save it, but I was not interested. I left him stranded in Asheville with no car, no booked hotel, no friends, and no idea where to go. He could still be there to this day for all I know. Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty that's damn pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Also to go to Disney World. <laughs> but you got to feel good. Happiest place on earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is good revenge. That is like a true busted, and it takes a lot of uh, serial killer patience to pull that one off. It takes it a really lot does. of emotional control to pull that one off. For real. And then also to not answer the phone for a couple hours or even to turn it off. Like that is that's masterful. I do not want to ever cross that person. Yes, but it's interesting that they like Disney World, which sort of goes into the adults who like Disney World <laughs> might be wired a little different. Oh man! All right, give me a. Like, I I do have one here. Give us one. Here it is. I've been waiting for the right podcast to send this story into, and I'm happy to say that Bananas is for sure the right one. Yes. Let me start by saying the story is 100% true, but you probably figured that out by the end. That's cool. Context, 2007. All right? I'm 24, traveling for a consulting job, one of these gigs where you're in a different city every night. Yeah, sure. Exhausted. Mm -hmm. It's also the pre-smartphone, pre-Uber era, so I'm at the mercy of the taxi driver at the airport. I get into Omaha, Nebraska at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night, get the first cab to, to take me to my hotel downtown. It's an uneventful ride, and we get from the airport to the downtown area without incident. Suddenly, we're going through an intersection, and the cab driver slams on the brakes, and there's a loud bam. He's hit something in the street, and there is a gray substance all over the windshield. Wow. A guy on a bicycle shows up quickly. The cab driver gets out, and they begin trying to figure out what exactly he hit. Yeah. The cops get there in record time, and I'm left in the back of this minivan taxi, sitting in the center seat, clutching my laptop bag, wide-eyed, watching everything happening outside, trying to make out exactly what is happening through all the mystery material that's covering the windshield. Yeah, that's interesting. Not having any clue where I was, I decided to just sit there while they did a full accident report. It was about 30 minutes in when they finally figured out what exactly he had hit. A 20-gallon bucket full of sauerkraut. Amazing. Yep, that kind of sauerkraut. And it was everywhere in the street, on the cab, and all over some bystanders. Wow. (laughs) What a horrible (laughs) moment. You're just hanging out. (laughs) You're just hanging out. And a a cab hits a 20-pound Twenty pounds. So that's four. Like we all know what a five-gallon bucket is. Yeah. Twenty-gallon bucket. A twenty-gallon bucket. You just imagine. Twenty-gallon bucket. That's a. That's like up to your chest. That's a, a that's huge that bucket of sauerkraut. Maybe somebody just borked up with you. Maybe you're walking home <laughs> after getting borked up with, and you're just getting crowded all over the place. To get borked and crowded in one night. Oh, same day. <laughs> oh man. God, you don't want to get borked and crowded. Uh, after a laugh with the cops, cab driver jumps back in the taxi, which is when I finally noticed the meter was running the entire time. Boo. Fucking this. Is a, I hate this. So much. Yeah. My $15 cab ride was now over $120. Yes. Like people forget. Oh, yeah. Like people bemoan like the death of, a, of, a, of the taxi cab industry by yeah. Uber and Lyft. Taxi cab drivers would take every opportunity to fuck you out of money. Oh, yeah. And it was, I, I drove me crazy. All well, right. there was no accountability. There was no accountability. It was like, oh, this is the only game in town. Well, or who did you call? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, my, first, my first time ever in Los Angeles, I think you and I were pitching an animated show to Fox maybe like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And I came out, and we were staying with our buddy Rob, and 
it was either before you got there or after you had left, something like that. But Rob and I went to a party, and it was my first sort of like Hollywood party. Yeah. There were some actors there. It was all comedy people, which was really cool. And it was up off of Mulholland Drive, which for those oh, wow. who are not out here, it's very windy roads to get up there. It's very isolated. So a lot of times cell phones didn't work up there. It's so isolated. Um, and we're all drinking, hanging out. I'm having conversations. We're laughing. And the party starts to die down. And then there's like the two factions of the people that are like, we're going to go to a club or keep partying somewhere at somebody else's house. And I had driven there and I was pretty drunk. So I was like, I'm going to leave my car. And I'm going to call a cab. And so I got it from the owner of the house. And he's like, oh, yeah, just call Bell Cab or whatever it was. And so I call. And the guy's like, sure, 20 minutes. So I wait 45 minutes. I'm talking to some woman. And she's, like, smoking a cigarette. Her ride comes. And then I go back in the house because my cell phone didn't ring. And there's, like, three people there. And I had to be like, sorry, guys, the cab didn't come. Do you care if I call again? And so he's like, yeah, okay. Nobody knew who I was uh, of the people remaining. Oh, no. So I'm like, I call again, and they're like, 20 minutes. So then I wait outside, and then I hear the doors lock at some point. And so I'm just outside outside of a house of some person I don't know. Oh, my God. Um, and about another hour and a half passes, and it gets pretty cold in L.A. at night. Like, you know, I was like, okay. And I can kind of see that in the distance, maybe the sun is starting to rise a little bit. And then oh eventually I'm like, I'm sober. I'm driving. And so I just drove my car home because these two cabs took over three and a half hours to show up. And oh I had no other. God. Yeah. So I, I had ended up sitting in my car and then I'm like, I'm not drunk. I, it's yeah. been so long. I'm going. And so I just drove on down the hill. Like it was so frustrating, but it was there was no accountability. There's nothing you could do. And then I don't remember if you remember this era, but there was briefly a service in L.A. and might have been in New York where they would ride a bike to where you were, put a folding bike in your trunk and drive you to your house. And I saw the next time Mm -hmm. I did that. I don't remember what it was called, but I laughed the entire time. A guy yeah, sometimes would, it's a fold-up scooter. Sometimes it was an electric fold-up scooter that would yes. just go in the trunk of your car. Yes, it's so ne- smart. It I was love that so idea. funny, and it was like they couldn't figure out the connection of phone to Uber, phone to Lyft, or whatever it is now. It was like, well, what if we get a non-drunk person <laughs> to drive a very drunk person's car, and then we get them, which we're guessing is their destination, and then they get on their little folding bike and ride away into the darkness. <laughs> I remember the being the we were in LA for one of the first the first time with Lauren. Yeah. So we had just started dating. Mm-hmm. And we went to something and um and we met Eugene Merman out at um the bar right down the street here. Mm-hmm. But it was like a part of East LA that I'd never east east northeast LA yeah. that I'd never been to before. I'd been to Silver Lake, but I'd never been past that. Right. And uh and and we're and we're drinking is Edendale. We're we're drinking outside. Love that place. I was pretty drunk, been smoking cigarettes. You're cool. And uh, and Lauren was like had agreed that she would drive home because I like dr- drove us to where we were going or whatever. Yeah. And so we're driving. We come up to a red arrow, a red left turn arrow, and it's its own lane. And both of us don't drive because uh, oh, we're in New York. Yeah, City. New Yorkers, right? And uh, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, you just stop and then you go. And she's like, okay. So she just drove through 
a red arrow, which is obviously driving through a red light. And a cop was directly behind us. Oh, no. And then pulled us over. Oh, God. And took her out of the car. You're kidding. And Lauren, she was just furious. And she, which is just crazy. But then the cop, and then another cop started coming over to question me, going like, hey, you, uh, what's going on, pal? You, you drunk? And I was like, I'm wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And He's I'm like, buckled in the passenger seat. Yeah. So eat my butt, dude. And I was like, that's why she's driving. He's like, you've been smoking cigarettes? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that? I'm like, in my 30s, I've motherfucker. I've been smoking a ton of cigarettes. <laughs> I've been drinking, I've been smoking, and I'm not driving. Yeah. And I think they just were like, would it like just put her back in the car to take that man home? And Good, got away with it. Yes, did not get a ticket. It was amazing. Uh, uh, the I wild man defense. Privilege. I hate uh, that the stuff. Wild man defense. Yes. Yeah. When I was in Mississippi, there were uh, my girlfriend at the time down there. Her sister was not a drinker, uh, and she would always designate drive us, and it was a wonderful thing. And Jackie was driving us home. Uh, from a family gathering where all of us had had a few beers and somebody had brewed us beer, like a six-pack in their garage. So we had a six-pack of bottles and we drive. It's about a three-mile drive from one house back to the house we were staying in. And the cops pulled us over. Jackie wasn't speeding. She wasn't drunk. She didn't have a single sip. They pull us over. They're like, what are you guys up to tonight? And she's super polite, saying, oh, officer, we're just driving home tonight. Blah, blah, blah. We're just, we live right around the corner on, on this street. And the other cop comes around, sees me in the back seat, and is like, you guys been partying? I'm like, no, sir. He's like, you guys been drinking? I'm like, no, sir. And then he shines a flashlight in, and between us in the middle back seat is the six-pack of beer, completely capped off and everything. And he goes, there it is, reaches in, steals the beer, and then walks away, and then they leave us alone. And so I'm like, what is happening? I'm with three people from that town. crazy. Uh We get back to the house. They don't mention it to anybody else. And I'm like, are you guys serious? And they're like, what? I'm like, they just stole that beer. They stole Hall's beer. The guy's name was Hall. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah. I was like, they can't do that. I was like, you can't just take beer out of a car. And they were like, well, it's a dry county. I'm like, you can drive beer. We're all in our early 20s. Like, and to them, it was totally natural. I was li- like, I was like, tomorrow morning, I'm calling lawyers. <laughs> I'm, I'm suing. <laughs> I'm calling they the took a six pack from us. I'm calling ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, <laughs> firearm needs to know that I'm allowed. But they were they were so natural about it, and I it, it like it was one of those things that like hours later I was way angrier than I should have been, but I was just stunned. It was like, oh, there it is, and just stole a six pack of homebrew, uh, and then drank it in the car. I'm sure. So uh, let me finish this. Oh, please. Story for Lisa. Absolutely. Um. So she finds out it's a hundred hundred dollars. I figure I'll deal with the driver when we get to the hotel. So he puts taxi in gear, attempts to clean off the windshield with the wipers, and we continue our journey <laughs> straight across the intersection to my hotel. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had been sitting in a parked <laughs> cab for over an hour while my hotel was about 90 feet from where we were. Oh, come not on. Not only did the cab driver not bother to clue me into this fact, and the stupid sauerkraut kept me from seeing the hotel through the windshield, he demanded the entire $120 fee. Not cool. I politely informed him that he was getting the original amount with tip and bounded out of the now awful smelling abomination of a taxi and into the hotel. This story is a great reminder why I don't miss the pre-smartphone days and why I started printing off directions for MapQuest for everyone. <laughs> the good uh, old days. Thank you. Oh, it's actually Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. 
Leslie. You bringing that to us. And this has been another mini-sode from Bananas, folks. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. Thanks to all the Bananimals who listen to the mini-sodes. And we'll see you in Minneapolis and Kansas City if this comes out before it. It probably won't. Sounds good to me. Bananas. Hey, yeah. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.